The French Revolution, A History, by Thomas Carlyle, Volume 1. Book 3, The Parlement of Paris. Chapter 4, Lomani's Edicts. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read by Peter Dan. Book 3, Chapter 4, Lomani's Edicts. Thus, then, have the notables returned home, carrying to all quarters of France such notions of deficit, decrepitude, distraction, and that states-general will cure it, or will not cure it, but kill it. The unquietest humour possesses all men, ferments, seeks issue in pamphleteering, caricaturing, projecting, declaiming, vain jangling of thought, word and deed. It is spiritual bankruptcy, long tolerated, verging now towards economical bankruptcy and become intolerable. For from the lowest dumb rank, the inevitable misery, as was predicted, has spread upwards. In every man is some obscure feeling that his position, oppressive or else oppressed, is a false one. All men, in one or the other acrid dialect, as assaulters or as defenders, must give vent to the unrest that is in them. Of such stuff, national well-being and the glory of rulers is not made. O oh, Lomini, what a wild-heaving, waste-looking, hungry and angry world hast thou, after lifelong effort, got promoted to take charge of! Lomini's first edicts are mere soothing ones. Creation of provincial assemblies for apportioning the imposts, when we get any. Suppression of corvée or statute labour. Alleviation of gabelle. Soothing measures recommended by the notables, long clamoured for by all liberal men. Oil cast on the waters has been known to produce a good effect. Before venturing with great essential measures, Lomini will see this singular swell of the public mind abate somewhat. Most proper, surely. But what if it were not a swell of the abating kind? There are swells that come of upper tempests and wind gust, but again there are swells that come of subterranean pent wind, some say, and even of inward decomposition, of decay that has become self-combustion. As when, according to Neptuno-Plutonic geology, the world is all decayed down into due atritis of this sort, and shall now be exploded and new-made. These latter abate not by oil. The fool says in his heart, How shall not tomorrow be as yesterday, as all days, which were once tomorrows? The wise man, looking on this France, moral, intellectual, economical, sees... In short, all the symptoms that he has ever met with in history, unabatable by soothing edicts. Meanwhile, abate or not, cash must be had, and for that quite another sort of edict, namely bursal or fiscal ones. How easy were fiscal edicts, did you know for certain that the Parliament of Paris would what they call register them? Such right of registering, properly of mere writing down, the Parliament has got by old want, and though but a law court, can remonstrate and higgle considerably about the same. Hence many quarrels, desperate Maupeo devices and victory and defeat, a quarrel now nearly forty years long. 
Hence, fiscal edicts, which otherwise were easy enough, become such problems. For example, is there not Cologne subvention territoriale, universal, unexempting land tax, the sheet anchor of finance? Or to show, so far as possible, that one is not without original finance talent, Lomani himself can devise an addit to timbre, or stamp tax, borrowed also, it is true, but then from America. May it prove luckier in France than there. France has her resources. Nevertheless, it cannot be denied. The aspect of that Parlement is questionable. Already among the notables in that final symphony of dismissal, the Paris president had an ominous tone. Adrien Duport, quitting magnetic sleep in this agitation of the world, threatens to rouse himself into preternatural wakefulness. Shallower, but also louder, there is magnetic despremenil with his tropical heat, he was born at Madras, with his dusky confused violence, holding of illumination, animal magnetism, public opinion, Adam Weishaupt, Harmodius and Aristogoten, and all manner of confused violent things, of whom can come no good. The very peerage is infected with the leaven. Our peers have, in too many cases, laid aside their frogs, laces, bagwigs, and go about in English costume, or ride rising in their stirrups, in the most headlong manner, nothing but insubordination, eleutheromania, confused unlimited opposition in their heads. Questionable, not to be ventured upon if we had a fortunatus purse. But Lamini has waited all June, casting on the waters what oil he had, and now, betide as it may, the two finance edicts must out. On the 6th of July, he forwards his proposed stamp tax and land tax to the Parliament of Paris, and, as if putting his own leg foremost, not his borrowed Cologne's leg, places the stamp tax first in order. Alas! The Parliament will not register. The Parliament demands instead a state of the expenditure, a state of the contemplated reductions, states enough, which His Majesty must decline to furnish. Discussions arise, patriotic eloquence, the peers are summoned. Does the Nemean lion begin to bristle? Here surely is a duel which France and the universe may look upon with prayers, at lowest with curiosity and bets. Paris stirs with new animation. The outer courts of the Palais de Justice roll with unusual crowds coming and going. Their huge outer hum mingles with the clang of patriotic eloquence within and gives vigour to it. Poor Lomini gazes from the distance, little comforted, has his invisible emissaries flying to and fro, assiduous, without result. So pass the sultry dog days in the most electric manner, and the whole month of July. And still, in the sanctuary of justice, sounds nothing but harmodious aristigiton eloquence, environed with the hum of crowding Paris, and no registering accomplished, and no states furnished. States, said a lively parliamentier, monsieur, the states that should be furnished us, in my opinion, are the states general. On which timely joke there follow cachinatory buzzes of approval. What a word to be spoken in the Palais de Justice. Old Domesson, the ex-controller's uncle, shakes his judicious head, 
far enough from laughing. But the outer courts and Paris and France catch the glad sound and repeat it, shall repeat it and re-echo and reverberate it till it grows a deafening peal. Clearly enough, here is no registering to be thought of. The pious proverb says, There are remedies for all things but death. When a parliament refuses registering, the remedy, by long practice, has become familiar to the simplest, a bed of justice. One complete month this parliament has spent in mere idle jargoning and sound and fury, the timbre edict not registered or like to be, the subvention not yet so much as spoken of. On the 6th of August, let the whole refractory body roll out in wheeled vehicles as far as the king's chateau of Versailles. There shall the king, holding his bed of justice, order them by his own royal lips to register. They may remonstrate in an undertone, but they must obey, lest a worse unknown thing befall them. It is done. The Parlement has rolled out on royal summons, has heard the express royal order to register. Whereupon it has rolled back again amid the hushed expectancy of men. And now, behold, on the morrow, this Parliament, seated once more in its own palais, with crowds inundating the outer courts, not only does not register, but, oh, portent, declares all that was done on the prior day to be null and the bed of justice as good as a futility. In the history of France, here verily is a new feature. Nay, better still, our heroic Parliament, getting suddenly enlightened on several things, declares that, for its part, it is incompetent to register tax edicts at all, having done it by mistake during these late centuries, that for such act one authority only is competent, the assembled three estates of the realm. To such length can the universal spirit of a nation penetrate the most isolated body corporate, say rather, with such weapons, homicidal and suicidal, in exasperated political duel, will bodies corporate fight. But in any case, is not this the real death grapple of war and internecine duel, Greek meeting Greek, whereon men, had they even no interest in it, might look with interest unspeakable? Crowds, as was said, inundate the outer courts. Inundation of young Eleutheromaniac noblemen in English costume uttering audacious speeches. Of procureur, basoche clerk, who are idle in these days of loungers, newsmongers and other nondescript classes. Rolls tumult there. From three to four thousand persons, waiting eagerly to hear the arete resolutions you arrive at within, applauding with bravos, with the clapping of from six to eight thousand hands. Sweet also is the mead of patriotic eloquence when your despremenil, your freto, or sabatier, issuing from his demosthenic Olympus, the thunder being hushed for the day, is welcomed in the outer courts with a shout from four thousand throats, is borne home shoulder-high with benedictions and strikes the stars with his sublime head. End of Book 3, Chapter 4